Welcome to the journey. You walk with me, I walk with you. Together we face life. Hand in hand, side by side. With Jesus the mastermind. It takes faith, it takes a step. To finish a thousand miles. But together, we're in this. And this is called the journey. What's up, everybody? Hope all is well. Happy New Month. Today is February 4th, the first Tuesday in February. Watch, this year is going to go by fast, just like 2019 did. Welcome back to the Journey Podcast with your host, Karen Sion. This is episode three of the Journey Podcast. Thank God it's Tuesday. So another week has come our way, and I know that we're super great. But my encouragement for us all is that even if things aren't going well, or even if we feel that things are not going well, the fact that we're still alive is enough for change to occur. I think one of the things that we want to establish on the journey is in the Word of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Please read when you get a chance that the race is not for the swift. Just because everybody's running the race and is going fast doesn't mean that they're going to win. Each person running has their own speed that they're running at or a, a different destination that they're trying to get to. Just remember, don't compare yourself to anybody. I had to learn this the hard way. Remember that you're fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You're unique in his eyes. So don't compare yourself to anyone. Everybody has where God has destined them to be. Everybody has the rate that they have to get there, the rate that they're going to use to get there. So don't look at somebody else. Don't look at your peer and say, they got there before me. I'm failing. No. Your rate is different from theirs, so don't compare yourself to anybody. That's my encouragement message for you today. If you've been tuning into the show, welcome back. But if you're a first-time listener, let me tell you a little bit about the show. The Journey is a Christ-based podcast that is going to focus on anything and everything that has to do with our lives in this generation, such as education, relationships, etc. But most importantly, how all of these things can be better if and when we have Jesus in the center. New episodes drop weekly on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. You can find the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. For those who couldn't find by just typing The Journey, type in The Journey and then the host's name, which is Karen Sion, K-E-R-E-N, last name Sion, S-I-A-W. And please subscribe for us. Subscribe, 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 so that you get notifications and know when episodes, new episodes drop. I had pre-recorded this show thinking it would be easier for me because the host of the journey, I'm in school and I'm working full time. And I really thought that, you know, just having the the episodes pre-recorded would just help me release it as the time comes along. But I realized, my team and I realized that it's better to do it live or right before the show so that we can speak about God changes the messages as we go. And I want to talk about something that really affected me this past this past week, let me say this past week. 
On Sunday, January 26th, 2020, the world received a huge blow, a heartbreaking blow. We heard that a helicopter crashed and someone that a lot of us grew up with, a lot of us looked up to and admired, had passed. He passed with eight other people, including his daughter. The person I'm talking about is Kobe Bryant. I remember that day so well because my sister and I, one of my sisters, we took our nieces out to Chuck E. Cheese. The kids were having so much fun. They were playing, running around. They were so happy and my phone vibrated in my pocket. Usually I try not to look at my phone when it's family time. However, for some reason I took out my phone and I saw that my big sister had posted on our family chat, Kobe Bryant dead. And I was like, oh, please, <laughs> this is fake news. What do you mean, Kobe Bryant? Like, the Kobe Bryant? How is he dead? So I Google it. And sure enough, CNN had posted that Kobe Bryant was actually confirmed dead. We took the news so hard, like it was one of our family members. Because, you know, we grew up with him. We took the news so hard, we had to sit down. The kids knew that something was wrong, and we ended up cut, cutting the outing short. Kobe Bryant was someone we all greatly admired and respected, not only because of his talent on the court, but his legacy that he led, his, the life that he led on off the court. It was heartbreaking and disheartening to hear that his life was cut short terribly. However, I really took a lesson from this, and that's what I want to share with you this afternoon or evening or morning, whatever time you're tuning into the journey. The lesson that I took from it is that tomorrow is not guaranteed. The only moment that we have is now. I'm pretty sure that Kobe was thinking about what he was going to do when he came back home from the basketball game with his daughter or the practice that he was going to. I'm pretty sure he was thinking about what he was going to eat when he got back. Maybe his wife, Vanessa, was planning on seeing her husband and daughter that evening. No one steps out of their house expecting not to return. People who died last night had plans for this morning. And people who died this morning had plans for tonight. We can't make plans, however. We can make plans. We're supposed to make plans. But it's the grace of God that continues to see us through. Funny enough... This week, I was thinking, I was praying to God because I realized that I've, I had, I was bitter against somebody, someone I really cared about and someone I really loved. And the person cons consistently decided to hurt me. And I don't know if it was intentional on the person's part. However, I was always hurt by this particular person. Then after Kobe died, I was thinking about it, that it's not necessary to hold a grudge. So I was praying to God, God, please help me. God, please help me. Forgive me. Help me to forgive this person so that I can move on. Because my greatest fear is to die with someone in my heart that I'm holding a grudge against. Then on Sunday, this past Sunday, my sister in love, who is also my pastor's wife, delivered a message talking about repentance. And she touched on the fact that if we had some of the things that um, God, she said that nothing is unforgivable in the eyes of God. And 
we think that the big things like a murderer or a thief or a womanizer or a fornicator, those are the people that we expect or a lot of Christians expect that they are going straight to hell because they're living in sin. However, we quote unquote that we're living a life of sanctity or holiness or righteousness we have certain things in our heart like bitterness, anger, rage, malice in our hearts and that can cause us from um to that can cause us to miss heaven. And I I could not it was so amazing how God and I knew that God did it for me because that week I was struggling. And it's not worth it, guys. It's not worth holding someone in your heart for no reason. My pastor says this all the time. <laughs> you can be awake at night thinking about this person, what they did to you, crying and sobbing, but the person is asleep because they have no idea what they did. So I am encouraging us all today. We don't know if the next minute we're going to still be alive. We don't know if we sleep tonight, if we're going to wake up or not. We don't know that if we when we drive out to go to our various destinations, we don't know if we're coming back home. I want us to check ourselves Check our hearts. Tell everybody that we're around that we love them. If you love somebody or if there's somebody in your life that you have not appreciated, appreciate them. Text them. Call them. Send them an email and tell them, hey, I'm thinking about you because we don't know if tomorrow is promised. That's the little that I have to say today. Today's episode is titled, How God God Found Me. I have a big brother coming onto the show later to talk about how God found him. Each month, we're going to have one salvation story. It was supposed to be a segment where I read it on, but I believe that when people share their stories, you would hear the sincerity and the honesty in their voice. On the show, on the journey, we want you to experience the love of God through the stories of people. We want you to find faith in God's faithfulness. In February, February February is a love month. It's, you know, Valentine's Day is in the middle of February and everybody looks forward to it. So, on the journey, February and March is going to be relationship month. Both February and March is going to be relationship month, not just love relationship, marriage, We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about um, praying for a spouse. We're going to talk about family relationships, business relationships, all of the above. So stay tuned. I am so excited for today's episode. So let's get into it. So for today's discussion about our topic for today, which is how God finds people. I have someone who's very dear to my heart. He is a big brother to me. He's my deacon. He's my microphone commander. He's just amazing. He's one of my big brothers, one of a a dear friend of mine. I want to introduce to you my deacon, my big brother, Reagan Aim. Welcome, Deacon Ray. Thank you, Sister Karen. And Um, hello, everyone. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Um, to start, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, you know, what you do, who you are, what you want the journey listeners to know about you? Um, well, it looks like my sister gave me a nice introduction. But <laughs> uh, my name is Ray Yenayu, Um And, you know, I go to Christ Pentecostal International Church in the Jersey branch. Um, 
I sell cars, a Toyota, and also I love to work out. I'm a quiet person if you get to know me. But if you really get to know me, I'm not really quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. what I can say about myself. Oh, wow. That's What's one... <laughs> crazy but true fact like, you know we know the quiet ones are the wide the wildest ones yeah. so like what's a crazy but true fact about you um well what people say is uh i'm funny but that's true i i don't think i'm funny i think that if somebody meet me at the first time they probably might not see that side of me right and also i think when people meet me for the first time they are very intimidated by me mm-hmm. i guess your stature I, yes yes yeah guys you guys are gonna see a picture of dick and ray he's like Tick tall. <laughs> he's, yeah, but he's like, he's a sweetheart. He's one of my favorite people. So let's get into it. Today's topic is salvation stories. We're talking about how, you know, and we know our pastor, we share the same pastor, guys. And um, our pastor tells us that we don't find God, God finds us. That's true. So, you know, I want you to talk about how your life was like before he met Christ. Um. Wow, that's, thank you for this question. Um, I was very lost. I would say maybe just like most most people. And the funny thing is the Bible says that, you know, the Lord knows those who are his. Yes. So no matter how deep you are um, in, in the world, God will find you. Amen. Especially if you have a purpose for it, which I believe that he have a purpose for everybody. Um, my, I was very lost. I was doing everything that I would say people do in the world, drinking, mm. smoking, womanizing, um, and I was born in a church, but I was I was also like a church goer. Right. I go to church whenever I want, and uh, I always had a desire for the Lord, but I didn't know how to come in. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like I didn't find God; God found me. So, but it got to a point where I was trying to use my own strength to come in. So I was able to pray, read the Bible. I wasn't really understanding it. I would fast, and I would see that things were going away. But then I'll go back to my old habit. So the funny thing is, um, my last year of college. Um, I felt like something wasn't right, and I really wanted to give my life to Christ. I wanted to stop smoking. I wanted to break up with my girlfriend, but I didn't know how to go about it. So God being so good, when I graduated, I didn't know, because I barely talked to my sister, and I found out that, you know, there was a new pastor in our church, in the church that I'm going to, which is my current pastor right now, and he was very close to him, but I didn't know how to get close to them. And I was craving for that relationship. So I saw my sister going to church and, you know, really get into the things of God. But then around that that moment, I felt like the burden of my family was on my shoulder. So I had a desire to pray and just like, you know, snatch my family from that moment. But I didn't know how. Mm. So then my sister going to the house of God, that kind of moved me to do the same thing. And it was just so amazing that um, once Friday, my sister went to church, I followed her, and my pastor now was praying for her. And he called me to kind of like stand behind her, just in case if she fall, I would kind of like support her. And as he was praying for him, for her, for some reason, I felt so emotional. Mm. I felt like I can see all the things, the bad things that I have done. And I wasn't being prayed for, and I started crying. Wow. I was so emotional and it's like everybody was looking at me. I felt so embarrassed, mm. but I thank God for that moment happening. And then um, when that happened, you know, I spoke to my pastor now and I told him that I want to be able to give up drinking, smoking, drink, all this kind of stuff. 
So the funny thing is I thought he was going to lay hands on me and then, you know, pray for me and stuff like that. But he, he didn't. Wow. He just Instead of that, he just took me through teachings. Mm-hmm. And I, from that day on, I've been going to church every day. And he just, he broke the word of God to me. And then I saw, I saw Claire. He taught me how to pray. Um, he, he taught me how to interpret like the word of God and things like that. He walked me through a journey. And mm-hmm. from that end, it's like everything that I was doing became so disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. So it's like I had to move away. I lost friends. Um, I, I, people hated me. But the funny thing is some of them come to me for advice nowadays. Wow. It's, irony. It? it's just beautiful. <laughs> and that's how Christ could do. Yes. You know, when God snatch you from the things of the enemy, it's like you will lose people. Mm-hmm. But then, at the end of the day, they, they, will, they will come to you. Those who need to be in your life, they will come to you. Yeah. So I want us to backtrack a little bit. You said that you were born into, like, a Christian home, mm-hmm. per se, and you were raised going to church. So what caused you to fall back or, let you know, we say backslide. What caused you to backslide, like, to go into that direction of drinking and smoking and being with, you know, the woman? So, so the thing is, now what I because before then I didn't know my parents go to church and I was going to church because they were going. Mm-hmm. And the funny mm-hmm. thing is when I used to go to church, like I didn't understand anything. I used to sit there, I didn't know anything I was going to say. The word of God sounded like another language to me. Wow. I didn't have no interpretation. So I wasn't going my own will. So that was the so I didn't understand. The word of God was not in me. But see, when the word of God is in you, it's in you. You will know your left and right. Mm. You get you'll be convicted. I didn't have that conviction. And see, I didn't start drinking until like the age of I think 21 or 22. Not because I fear God. Mm. It was just it's because I didn't want to do it. Right. Right. But now I know that if I start drinking, it was wrong. It, like it's wrong. So when I went to college, that's when I started drinking. Mm. And I felt like it was okay. That's when I started like chasing women, sleeping with women. I felt like it was okay because I know God, but I didn't know God and I've heard about him. Now I have a relationship with okay. him. Now when you have a relationship with him, like you that's when one will know that God is holy and he has commanded us to be holy. I didn't understand that mm. at that moment. Wow. So you could say that when you started college, did you go away for college or were you um, commuting? I was commuting for three years and then I went away. Oh, wow. So while you were commuting, that's when you began. That's when, yeah. So how were you able to, you know, because... You know, for those who don't know, living with a Ghanaian parent, you know, it's like me personally, when mm-hmm. I remember I'll come home smelling like I, I wasn't smoking, but I'll come home smelling like smoke and I'll get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So how were you able to kind of disguise, you know, what was going on, what you were doing from your parents or from your family? See, the, the funny thing is, even with me, I wanted to I wrote every parent is different, but my parents are very straight. Like even they didn't want me to wear a do-rag, they didn't want me to wear earrings. At that time, I was wearing do-rag and earrings. So the first time, like, they would see me wearing earrings, they would get mad, take it off, and all that kind of stuff. But after doing it over and over, they kind of, like, give up. Mm. But when drinking, when I started, they didn't know. Oh, wow. It got to a point that I knew that they, they had an idea, but since they didn't see it, they didn't want to believe it. Right. But with smoking, they didn't know I was smoking. Even the closest people to me, they didn't know I was smoking because I would never smoke in public. By drinking, I think they had an idea. And then when I came home from college, they saw me drinking. My my dad was very upset. But um, when I went away for college, I was on campus. Mm. So I only drink on campus. 
I would drink when we, um, you know, if you're about to go to a club or, you know, something like that. I would never drink in front of my uh, my family. And then also, even with smoking, I would not smoke in front of my friends. Oh, wow. Like, the people who are very close to me. And most of the time, as I'm going to drink, is that's when I smoke. So, I wasn't really, like, kind of doing it in public. Oh, wow. That is, that's amazing. Like, you know, just to witness a total turnaround is, you know, so amazing. And you pretty much, you know, just went through everything. But, like... I want to know how has your life changed? Like, give details. How has your life really changed since you found Christ or since Christ mm-hmm. found you? So since Christ found me, my life has changed totally. Now, um, it's, a, it's, it's a lot. Um, when we talk about women, I was sleeping with women a lot. And I wasn't really going out. Like, if I could count my whole life, I probably went out with maybe two or three females. The rest of them... I was just messing around with them. Right. And before I came to Christ, that was one of the things that I wanted to give up, but I did. I couldn't because there were so many that's like, some of them will go, some wouldn't go. So it, it, it took prayers for me to basically separate myself from things like that. Mm. Um, before I came to Christ, I wasn't able to save. That It got to a point I felt like I was going. I want to be able to, I want to be responsible. I don't want to go to my parents' when something happened to me, I want to be able to go to my own savings and help myself. Right. So sometimes people might think, okay, you don't need prayers for this. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, we have to be disciplined but at the same time. It's God that take care of our finances. Yeah. So I wasn't paying tight. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of Christians that don't believe in stuff like that. But the moment that I was taught to, you know, pay tights, you know, like your first fruit, uh, free will offering, all these things, God really, protected my finances wow. so now it's like i'm able to save now it's like i only have um one one i only have one woman in my life right now it's like other than my, my parents and my, my 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 sister i have my wife and i, I learned to pray for me to find my wife mm. and that's some of the things that god can do sometimes you think that when you're a christian um like you don't have to do this things like once you become a christian you will find your wife. Now you have to pray. You have to search for your wife. Right. And God being so good, um, it's like my pastor taught me how to t- teach now, mm. how to preach. I was ordained as a deacon. And these are the things, you know, I say to glorify God. I never thought that I would stand in front of God people to deliver his mm. word. Before I came to Christ, the only Bible scripture that I knew was John 3, 16. <laughs> you know? And, and, and I tell people right. all the time, but right. now I can read the Bible and God can give me an understanding to mm. it. You know, there, there are so many things. It's like people, even when I could sit in the midst of God people, I'm talking about elderly people, mm-hmm. to talk about, to make a decision. Yes. These are the, the people that I was very scared of. Like, you know, sometimes like when, when you are not in Christ, and you are going before God, people sometimes say you are scared. Mm-hmm. I know there's a respect there that you have to give them, but sometimes say you are scared because mm-hmm. you feel like you've done something that yeah, you know, you're unworthy. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But you know, God has added me to his sip food mm-hmm. and I would say he shared his mind with me. Wow. And I feel like that's for me, that's one of my greatest heart desires to develop that deeper relationship with God. That's so amazing. So you pretty much, you know, answered all the questions that I had prepared. And I really thank God for your time on the show because, you know, I believe that maybe someone out there is probably feeling the same way that you felt that, you know, I'm going through this and I don't think I'm worthy for God to save me. But 
you know, for lack of better words, if God was able to save, you know, this brother, he's able to save me. So if there was one piece of advice that you could give somebody who's listening, who's going through what you were going through or who wants to become a believer, or who wants to be saved, but doesn't know how to, you know, make that decision to give their life to Christ, what would you tell them? Wow. Um, see, what, what I would say is don't, don't chase success because if you chase success, you will forget about your purpose. Hmm. Can you please say that again? Don't change. Don't chase after success. Hmm. Because if you do, you will forget about your purpose. Wow, that is so profound. Can and, you please like explain that a little more? <laughs> and it could be in so many ways, you know. And sometimes when we say success, somebody might say money. Mm -hmm. But what is success? My my success might be different from you. Right. And when I was in the world, I didn't know what my purpose was. Mm -hmm. So when I was in college, my idea of success was different was that, okay, once I have a car, I have a job that I could get money, I could get girls. Um, one of the things I wanted to do is to join a fraternity, which I did because I would be popular. All these things, those were the things that I, would chase, I was chasing at that moment. And I forget about who I was. I forget about my true self. Wow. I didn't know the purpose that God had for me. And let's say if I was doing the same thing right now, since I have family, so sex probably would have been financial. Mm -hmm. And if I'm chasing about financial things, I will forget about God. So it's like, see, my purpose is supposed to tie into my job. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. And if I'm able to if I'm able to identify my purpose, God will provide us success. Yes. And I'll know who I am. But sometimes we turn to chase after success and then we leave God out. Mm -hmm. And then it's like when everything goes downhill, that's when we come back to him again. We shouldn't wait for that moment because we can die chasing after success. Hmm. And then after that, where are we going? We're going yeah. to, are we going to go to heaven? we're going to go to hell yeah so that's that's a little thing that i could um i could say wow that is so profound and i know i'm gonna leave here thinking about that that i shouldn't chase success or else i'm gonna lose my purpose that is amazing so thank you so much deacon ray for coming on to the show and guys this is not his last <laughs> time he's gonna be on again he mentioned you know something about him praying for his spouse and he's gonna come again to elaborate on that so thank you so much deacon ray for coming on to the journey podcast no problem thank you very much for having me and see you guys next time Thank you for listening to The Journey with Karen Sion. If you like our show and want to know more or connect with us, please check out our Instagram page at thejourney underscore podcast and stay tuned for our coming website. Please leave us a review on iTunes and Google Podcasts. Join us next week when we talk about praying for a spouse with our guests, Deacon Sam and Ashley Anderson. Now, remember, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. Those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by God through times and seasons. I love you all, and have a wonderful week. This is called the journey.